Can you record with call recorder and with audio hijack at the same time? Sure. You can, yes. Yeah, I'm going to try that. I'm going to record four times. We're talking about interesting ways to record your podcast with John Moltz. John, <laughs> I'd like to ask you a few questions. I got three recordings going on. Two max, three recordings. Let me let me start with this. What's wrong with you? <laughs> just, just, let, me, let, let me lay the base question we, out there This is you. only a 40-minute podcast. <laughs> <laughs> One of one of the Macs that I'm recording with is a 2006 MacBook. Oh, <laughs> vintage! <laughs> but if this works, hey, what bit rate do you guys record at? Just out of curiosity. What? What? Because I'm rate? not sure the bit rate we record at was invented then. Well, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I, I, there's at least one or two people that I record have as guests on podcasts sometimes who use are clearly recording with something that has a bit rate. Or is in a format that that the old I use QuickTime Player Seven still to like export split tracks from my call recorder and stuff, uh-huh. and there is a there is clearly some codec or bitrate or something that it doesn't understand uh, uh-huh. because I'll export it and I'll get like a totally garbled file and I will always be like oh what happened and I'll go back and I'll like check the file in QuickTime and it's still messed up and then I'll go open it in like Fission or something and it'll be fine I was like oh. Yeah, whatever, whatever Do you just format. Sort of re-encode it I don't know that? if it's VBR or something like that. You know who the offender here is? It's Casey Liss. Always, whenever it's Casey, <laughs> it's always something. Something is like I don't know what he records in, but I'm sure it's something. Something very fancy that QuickTime Player Seven does not understand. <laughs> That's what happens when you record in your car. I blame Casey. My only question is, uh, who the hell is Casey? Mm, it's a good. You it's know. a very important question that no one has answered. No one's yet. An- not to my satisfaction, anyways. No. <laughs> Is this the show? Or are we doing? Oh yeah, the show? this is totally the show. <laughs> okay, you did not answer my question about the bit rate. I, I you just you went off on a tangent about ones that don't. Uh, uh, I don't. I know. do whatever the default I click call is. Call recorder. What do you think I am? Okay, Some sort of fine. podcast editor? <laughs> um, I I don't think so. Did, did, is this edited by elves? Yeah, is that, robots. I, I, have I been John Armstrong edits the show? Machine intelligence. <laughs> no, no, it can't be John Armstrong because I haven't heard like you know I haven't been instructed as to how to record the show. <laughs> if it was John Armstrong, I would have very explicit instructions. <laughs> Call recorder records stuff as a movie file, which is a little weird. Yeah. Um, but I just use whatever the default. Uh, I think it's the high compression for because it's recording AAC. I don't record it uncompressed because those are huge. Okay. So whatever the default AAC compression bitrate that Call Recorder does is what I use, and you know what? It's fine uh, because it's all, this stuff, this, get, all this stuff is stuff is going to get mixed down to a lower <laughs> bitrate anyways. So <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. So how are you guys? Did anybody buy anything <laughs> since we last spoke? Yeah. No. Uh, but there was a good there was a know. good deal on uh, PlayStation Four, so guess who got a PlayStation oh, man. Four? I oh did you? Because I was looking at that because it's yeah. got the Spider Man game bundled with it, which yep, I really exactly. want to play. Yeah, and I was like, two hundred dollars is a really good deal. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the slim, um, but it's a terabyte, and it comes with a Spider Man game for two hundred bucks. Um, and they had it. Yeah, <laughs> I was uh, I. I showed up on amazon i looked at it on amazon and, and uh, then i thought well i should talk to somebody about this so i was asking some people who have playstations whether or not the slim was 
okay or if I should, you know, get the pro. And uh, as I was waiting for a response, all the Amazon ones sold out. <laughs> so, so I was like, uh, so then I jumped over to GameStop and I was like, I'm just going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so I did. I, you know, has it arrived yet? No. No. I couldn't, felt it like I shipped. wasn't sure I could justify another game console, but I, I got an really Xbox and a Switch here. Either. I have all of them. I know. I, <laughs> I was they're tempted. all hooked up. I was really tempted. But my yeah, the last time that my fiance looked behind the TV to plug something in, she was like, it's terrifying back there. <laughs> Don't look at it. I, I hate that so much, right? Because even if, it, no matter how hard you try, if you have more than a couple devices, it just gets to be I have so Especially many. Mm-hmm. You're working with no space and you're just like... It's um, I, I, I aspirationally bought like a bunch of those Velcro cable ties, mm. thinking I'll go back yeah. there and clean everything else up, and then no. I just, nope hasn't happened. Yeah, well, particularly you know, like I've got a kid, and he will he will rearrange things from time to time, mm. and so you know, there's no point. Every there's once in a while, <laughs> I do. I think the biggest offender back there is the the receiver and the um, bookshelf speakers I have hooked up because those are like mine are super old. They're like 20 years old, and they work fine. It's just stereo. It's just a stereo receiver. But like all yeah. the cables are super old and janky and really long. And I'm always like, maybe I should just replace it with one of those like Sonos sound bars or something. It'll just be much more elegant, fewer cables, etc. But then I'm like, it still works. It works fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't change it. Yeah, I can't. That's Stick what with I can't it, quite. I uh, I have been thinking about redoing my network setup because that way lies madness. <laughs> Oh man, when I I remember when I finally pulled the trigger and redid my network, how how terrified I was, and it was one of those things where I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop because it worked on the first try. <laughs> um, well, I, I you've, you've you've been offline for four years and you just don't haven't realized. I, it I yet. used a I used a powered switch with uh, the Eros setup, and it like just it just worked on try one. Um, the only problem I have with my Wi-Fi setup at this point, my networking setup is every once in a while uh, in the basement, I use a TiVo Mini to watch live tv for sporting events and such and tivo minis if you're unfamiliar basically are like old school sling boxes where they stream whatever's on your other main tivo directly on the the tivo mini as well so you can use you can watch what's recorded on the tivo you can watch live television or you can like use the tivo's apps for netflix and amazon whatever and every once in a while uh it cannot play live tv without stuttering and nothing i do at the time fixes it other than waiting and then like an hour later it works fine (laughs) and i have no idea when or why that problem occurs it doesn't seem to have anything to do with network activity everything looks good i restart all the things and i don't know know, but other than that my network works i've got i'm still using my airport extreme which i really like and i know it will die or just be too old eventually but what what i think is giving me grief right now is my modem because i notice when i uh upload certain things it basically like totally taps out the connection so if dropbox is like syncing a big audio file or if backblaze is doing a backup it will just kill everything running upstream and i did a couple you know, I did some looking around and ran some tests, and so I guess it's this thing called buffer bloat where certain network hardwares... <laughs> I have that. Yep. Yeah, I know you do. You should see a doctor. Uh, <laughs> certain yeah. pieces of network hardware basically, like, try to over-aggressively buffer things, I guess, and as a result, it can kind of screw with your connection. But I'm not 100% sure it's the modem and not the router, so I'm kind of like, oh, should I just buy a new modem? But then what if it turns out that my router's actually the problem? I'll just have to yeah, keep you, going. You should... <laughs> Buy buy new everything. This is yeah, that's, 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 what, that's the temptation. <laughs> and yet then I'm like, oh, I should buy the fanciest new modem I can find, which will be like mm, three times absolutely. more. Sure. 
Right. I hate well, all if you're going to buy one, I, buy one. The fact that you have no idea where the problems actually are, you never really can know. It just, it bothers I, well, me. And, uh, and I asked around to see if anybody, like, you know, people who were more tech savvy, I was like, is there, is there a way to figure out? And it's like short of unplugging, you know, my router and just plugging things directly into the iMac, which right. I can do, but it's a pain. Yeah. I did connect a device that I had bought a while ago. I can't remember if I talked about this, but I, I ended up buying uh, two of those Nest Protects. Oh, um, when they were alarms? on sale a couple weeks ago yeah the smoke alarm and the carbon monoxide thingies because i had uh, we had a smoke alarm in uh the master bedroom that had gone off in the middle of the night uh and the fire department came and we <laughs> replaced it and like taking the kids out on a school night to stand outside in the cold while the fire alarm was going off is not fun and so we replaced it they said you know it's just it went off because it's old and you should replace it so we did uh, then the exact same thing happened with the exact same smoke detector, like with the replacement smoke detector. It also went off. And so I was like, <laughs> no more. That time I, the fire department still came, but then I just disconnected it entirely. I said, okay, now we won't, <laughs> we won't detect fires, but we won't get up in the middle of the night. Uh, six one half a dozen. The other. And so I um, decided to get the Nest Protect because like, at least then I thought maybe it could tell me if there was a problem that it noted. And I got to rewire the stuff, right? Because it uses its own kind of connection. And I don't know. It's not very complicated to do the rewiring of things like that, but it makes you, at least it makes me feel very handy, you know? So I had rewired the one in the master bedroom and it's been working great. And I actually really appreciate that when you, if it's, if it's in the evening and all the lights in the room where a Nest Protect is uh, turn off, it will give a quick green circle animation on the device if you look at the ceiling so you can get a, an all clear from it. It's like, I'm watching and protecting you and your family and everything is good. Uh, and I appreciate that. Um, it's, and it's I'm creepy. listening also. It's a little creepy. Mm-hmm. But so I had gotten a two-pack because the two-pack was on sale for barely more than just one of those overpriced Nest Protect devices. But so I got I finally installed the second one uh, over the weekend too. And I got to say it is the, the Nest app handles all those things nicely. I think that if there's a thing that Google's good at right now, Google owns Nest. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. That, I don't think yeah, they I was trying to remember those, if it was I'm not Google sure or Amazon. how much they directly. I mean, obviously, they build in compatibility with a lot of stuff. But I feel like they kind of still operate as their own autonomous little unit. Right, because it all works with Echo and stuff too. But like the app is just really good and it knows when i'm home and when i'm not and i, just, I don't know I'm it has all your bookmarks yeah i was talking to a friend um uh dave nanian who developed super duper about um my networking setup and he's a bit of a uh network aficionado guy and he was showing me he's got one called the plume and he was showing me like the app for that which looked really cool and like you know all of these things the new you know routers all have apps and you can like mu- like manage certain device internet connections and like it's way more complex like it's way more complex but also more user-friendly than a lot of the older you know network hardware setups where it's like i mean i I remember putting like custom firmware on a router like 10 years ago because it was the only way to get like certain features in your router like without you know buying like an industrial one or whatever but i I just don't want to run more wires yeah i actually cleaned up uh, (laughs) when i moved when we moved into this house i my i knew my office was going to be in the attic and so i stupidly had them wire the the internet connection up there um and you know i podcast in the basement we have you know a whole bunch of devices that are um in the the living room at the far uh, you know almost to the opposite end of the house from from where the the wi-fi is the signal coming from and so i i in order to try and get a little bit better saturation, I had to like run 
the wire like down across the floor and then down the stairs of the ba- oh, <laughs> of the <man>. attic. Yeah, <laughs> so, we did that. For my so I had this house. like really janky setup, and I finally like realized that after I had upgraded to the Airport Extreme, I was getting plenty of saturation throughout the house, and so that I could actually put it you know like up against the wall in the attic and it would be fine. Um, and so I re- reorganized everything. I got new shelves and everything. I like I made it like made it cleaned up the my office a lot and made it look nice. It's a sign that I don't have enough work to do. And um, <laughs> and so and so a couple of days later. Or the internet goes out and i'm like what's going on why why, why is the internet out? you know I, I, call, I call the guys up i pulled the plug on the modem and i put the put the plug back you know i restart the modem that all the really do tech it. savvy stuff yep that doesn't do it so i finally i call the guys and they're like well we're getting a signal to the modem and then i you know i look and, and basically what has happened is that just the, the ethernet cable has come out slightly from the <laughs> from the modem <laughs> like, it's like i'm an idiot thanks very much oh i see the problem it's very complicated yeah. i gotta go fix it now goodbye <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. I'm gonna go defrag it, and uh, that should I gotta rebuild help. the desktop. <laughs> I'm gonna start up with extensions off. Yeah, I told my dad that the other day. He was having trouble, like he was launching Safari, and it was just beach balling it. And I actually told him to like start it up with holding down the shift key, and he's like, "Oh, I guess that works too." So, like, yeah, I don't know that that feature still bizarrely has kind of <laughs> stuck around in a weird way. So, I um, my birthday's coming soon. And oh, I believe wow. that I'm getting a Nintendo Switch. And I pointed out uh, to some family members who were like, we don't know what to get you. I was like, well, if I'm getting the Nintendo Switch, uh, games would be good. <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> None of that. And uh, so I'm, I'm willing to take all of your recommendations. Um, on games I should get, I also had to buy an actual Switch, like an HDMI Switch, because I ran out of ports. <laughs> so, <laughs> There's your birthday present. Yeah, I'm, I'm, at my, I'm at my limit right now, one. which is the other reason I didn't buy a PS4, because then I was like, oh, man, now I have to play, like, cable switching games. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the problem I got, I'm going to have. Um, we're already that uh, that way on one TV. Anyway, uh, as far as games go, um, if you haven't played Breath of the Wild, that's, you have that's, not lived. That's what everyone's going to tell you. I haven't, I haven't yes. finished it. I feel a little guilty about that, but I played a oh lot of it. Oh, my God. I'm coming over to your house and finishing it for you. Okay. <laughs> I love that game. I've pl- practically played it twice. My my fiance um, finished it, uh, and then she's gone, been going around. She went back to her save so she could go around and uh, finish all the shrines because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you can't do that after you finish the game. Apparently, yeah. Which um, is that's kind of a bummer. I wish you could do that. But. Yeah, uh, I I'm always a huge Mario Kart fan, and the Mario Kart Four Switch is awesome. So here's here's yeah. a big question though. I have Mario Kart Eight for the Wii U. Yeah. I- it's what do got do a here? little bit of extra stuff I think in it. There is right? a so little bit, but it's it's pretty yeah. much the same game. It's mostly the same, yes. But it is fun. But to I think like... you can add. Can you uh, add characters? Is it? Um, I can't it's remember. Got a couple Link. extra characters, and it's got. It has all the downloadable content is already there, and it's got yeah. I don't think you're gonna. It's you're not gonna find it that much different. It's Mario Kart but, yeah. Deluxe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's a lousy thing that Nintendo does. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, there was no like. There was no version for the Switch, so they had to make yeah. a new version one way or another. So at least they give you some new stuff. I think it's a fantastic platform, though. It is. I yeah, I, well, I have a, the the Mario game here too, which I haven't even opened. Like, uh, which Mario World is? Uh, is that the? Is no, that it's the three D one, right? It's the yeah. Mario. Yeah, that's pretty Odyssey. good too. Hank, Hank enjoyed that more than I did. Um, I didn't. Uh, it's not quite my thing, but um, but he liked that quite a bit. I got to be honest, though. I mean, like right now, I I haven't actually turned on the Switch in a while because I've been playing Red Dead Redemption Two on my Xbox a lot. So, 
And enjoying it? Oh, yeah. I, I love the hell. I loved the first game. Yeah. The first game is one of my favorite games of all time. And this game, I mean, this game, the, the follow-up is gorgeous. It's very, despite being a, you know, a sequel, and in fact, it's story-wise, it's a prequel. Um, despite being in the similar vein, it feels very atmospherically different than the first one. I feel like the first one, the message was always, everything is terrible, like you know, the wilderness and the West is dying off. And like, you would do all these quests and invariably they would end with some sort of like twisted and dark, uh, aspect to them. Like almost like, you know, twisted, dark, ironic type endings. Like, yeah. oh, you thought this thing was really innocent, but it turns out it's really depraved and terrible. Whereas what's <laughs> fascinating about this game, uh, the second game is that it kind I feel like it kind of flips that entirely on its head. Whereas a lot of these things end up turning out to be, nicer than you think and in fact the thing i've been the most impressed about is that its treatment of this is not a thing you expect from rockstar games you know famously grand theft auto and the like right but it has been it is incredibly enlightened treatment and like my my fiance has been playing it too and watching me play like sometimes as well and she points out like i feel like this is almost kind of an instruction manual coded to teach like young mm. men especially mm-hmm. like how to respect people like there's a whole bit on with women's suffrage a lot of the female characters are treated very not only very sympathetically but like pointedly at the way that men treat women like it's very and it's very well done in that way um and it feels very like against the grain for rockstar style games because i think yeah i just i don't know if they just got a huge influx of women on their staff or they just really took a hard look at themselves but <laughs> they realized you. honestly it's i've been really impressed by the treatment <laughs> so, fat dumb and stupid is no way to go through life <laughs> but it's it's hey. truly <laughs> it is don't knock it if you haven't tried it <laughs> oh i've tried it <laughs> it is an incredibly immersive game and it is absolutely gorgeous and i feel like it has a lot in common with breath of the wild just in terms of the like huge huh. open world and oh cool yeah like because well, i certainly like that i mean spent a lot of time on a horse you know yeah yeah, <laughs> huge. Right. yeah. don't jump off mountains expecting to paraglide because that will lead to bad mm. things happening <laughs> uh and Can yeah it's, it's certainly got its dark moments and it is a much grimmer game but it is it surprised me at how enlightened parts of it felt and i've really enjoyed sort of the main protagonist and like having a sort of moral there's like a moral barometer basically as you go through the game like as you do things like you go either down or up sort of in your honor and that changes how people treat you like the good place like exactly up is, exactly up is the obama side and down is the trump side is that what you're saying uh yeah sure we can go that way yeah anyways i like it a lot i've been playing yeah. a, a hell of a lot of it Speaking of things that Dan likes a lot, uh, mm-hmm. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. So even if you're a stock market newcomer, you can invest for the first time with true confidence. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees, which means you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. If you're on, if you're on the web, you can view stock collections like the 100 most popular, as well as sectors like entertainment, social media, more curated categories like female CEOs. But my favorite thing is the app. They've got a, a clear design, easy to understand charts and market data. Uh, Robinhood lets you place a trade on your smartphone in just four taps. That's not very many taps. And I don't know if you know this, guys, but 
tapping stuff on your phone it's pretty easy uh i've uh, they, they hooked me up with the app i've checked it out i've used it it is i say this every time we do a robin hood ad it, rem- it looks to me like what it would look like if apple made an app for this purpose of buying and selling stocks and options and cryptos and all those sorts of things uh it's it's very well designed it's very well implemented and thought of and it's people who you can tell they don't just know what they're doing on the financial side uh, they know what they're doing on the UI side, and that makes me happy. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. You can sign up at rebound.robinhood.com. That's rebound.robinhood.com. Both Rebound and Robinhood start with an R and end with a D, so you know there's an important connection. Rebound.robinhood.com. That's just science of the alphabet right there. <laughs> science um, of the were, alphabet. You were asking about uh, games for the Switch. Uh, I think this is only a download so you have to wait until you get it but uh, for, uh a game that you might want to play with your kids is called snipper clips i've heard good things about i was that. reading something about that yeah yeah uh, hank and i played that a lot that was that was pretty fun i have to check i'm also though. thinking about the jackbox party pack five <laughs> <laughs> i haven't played the party pack five but i will i own all of the previous ones for my xbox so i'll probably get the fifth one at some point the fifth one apparently has the resurgence, the the renewal of uh, you don't know yes. Jack. So that's one exciting. of my favorite games is a like what mid nineties, mid late nineties. Yeah, I beta tested that game. Wow, <laughs> I associate that game with the sounds of DVD uh, CD ROM drives working really really hard. Yep. <laughs> hey, uh, let me ask you guys a question about uh, features that you people may not have heard of. Did you know you can use the spacebar oh, yeah. on? The- iOS keyboard mm, to move the cursor I, around. I do now. <laughs> Wait, did you guys really not know? No, this? I I absolutely knew that. But what? And I I didn't know it until the other day. First of all, really? the, the Twitter tweet thing about it is wrong. You don't have to put it on the space bar. You can touch anywhere in the okay. keyboard. Okay. Yes and no. This is what gets yes weird no, about right. this. Uh, not on my so, phone. If you have a 3D touch phone, you can press anywhere on the keyboard to move the cursor around. If you have a phone that does not support 3D touch. What loser has a phone that doesn't support 3D touch? <laughs> and in fact, oh. right here on this podcast, Lex, that feature right was, here, that feature was only added to the non 3D touch phones as of iOS 12. So it is sort of a oh. new feature. Right. Now this all it's all coming back. But to me now. now I get it. As you know, as I wrote a thing about this because I'm I'm intrigued by the fact that so many people discovered this now, and I think part of it is it's not easily discoverable. It has a variety of different mechanics depending on which device you're using. Like, the iPad had this for a long time, but you had to use two fingers on the keyboard. I think you still do have to use two fingers. Somebody suggested to me that they've actually started sort of trying to unify this. Like, if you turn off some of the, like, can you turn off 3D touch on on an iPhone? Somebody claimed that you could do that and it would use the other... I wouldn't know. Yeah. Anyways. And, moreover, like, the... 10R doesn't have 3D touch either, right? Uh, so it's got this weird fragmented user interface, and it's really hard to find unless somebody tells you about it because I don't think Apple makes it very clear that you can do this. It's funny. I uh, I actually have the opposite perspective, at least on 3D touch supporting phones, that it's too easy to trigger sometimes. And so I think people do it by accident and don't know what the hell is happening. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I think also, moreover, there's also the ability to like select text using that, and that is super janky in my opinion. Selecting text is a pain in the ass. I have given up on using it for that purpose. And I think you and I have talked about this before, but I use the Google keyboard most of the time. And the Google keyboard supports the same yep. general technology, just not as good. Because on... 
uh, the Apple keyboard, when you get that mode where you can drag the cursor around, you can drag it anywhere, vertically and right, horizontally. Right. And uh, the Google keyboard only allows Left you to drag right. horizontally for reasons I don't understand. I assume that may be a limitation of what it can actually access via an API. And apparently Android phones use a similar shortcut as well. So, I mean, there's an argument that maybe this is a becoming a convention and sooner or later everyone will just know it's a thing. But... You know, it is one of those strange things where it's like on the Mac, Apple for a long time tried to maintain this certain degree of simplicity, right? Like famously, the one button mouse, you didn't have contextual menus, all your keyboard shortcuts were things listed in the drop down menus, like they tried to avoid stuff that was hidden or hard to find as much as possible. But sooner or later, they kind of gave up on a lot of those things. Because it's just it got too hard as devices got more and more complex, and I think right. it's even more challenging in iOS because there isn't any part of the interface that necessarily is always there. Like like the menu bar was, you know, most of the time in a Mac app there was a menu bar. You could always retreat to that, and it was sort of safe. But there isn't like there are so many apps that just take over your entire screen on iOS that you can't. There's nothing that's universal. It, Except maybe the keyboard, but even then, like, apps can have their own keyboards, and it's a little strange. So I don't know what the, like, solution for that problem is from Apple's standpoint, but it kind of feels like they they whiffed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it made, as as a friend of ours pointed out to John and I this morning, it made, like, the local news. And when you're finding out about iOS features from the local news, something has gone wrong. Which I thought was a very weird, I mean, I wasn't sure where that was from, Um, but, um, like... (laughs) Local news is weird, John. It's slightly easier to use your phone than you thought it was. Right. Film at 11. This is the thing I wonder about with iOS complexity, though. Like, I still think the copy and paste little pop up thing is kind of cumbersome and annoying. Like, oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. uh, And especially in apps where they just add more and more stuff into that little popover menu. Like, on mail, if you like tap and hold and bring up that popover menu, you can like page over like once or twice. It's like, there's so much crap in there. And actually, when I think about copy-paste, I still don't like how that interface works. And I also, I, f- I love the fact that you can, in theory, copy and paste between devices if they're all linked to the same iCloud account. I just hate how uh, non-magic it feels. <laughs> it feels like it's working very hard to make that happen. Have you ever seen the thing where it's like, I am pasting from your other device, and you get like a progress bar as it's thinking See, about I, the ability to paste from that other thing? I, I mean, I, when that works, t- like... Speedily, I, yeah, I don't think I, I've ever had it work. Oh, I've had it work. I, I use it all the time. <laughs> I, I use it a lot. When that thing does pop up, though, I have to say I do appreciate it because it reminds me, like, it's not just like, why did this random st- bunch of shit just get pasted on this phone? I like to know yeah. that it got the key, it got that pasteboard from somewhere else. No, every once in a while I try it on just like on the. <laughs> On the off chance that it might work, like oh, I have that copied in the clipboard on this other machine, and maybe it'll maybe it'll paste it over here. Nope. Yeah, that is a, it. Is one of the black box technologies, and I don't. Yeah, I mean, I I really don't know how. I don't think there's any way I can approach diagnosing that. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I yeah. mean, I could just go. I guess I could just go around and try copying things on different machines and see you know different devices and seeing if they work. It's literally <laughs> a like someplace else, but it's like I, there's no setting I can tweak in order to try and make it better other than like signing out of iCloud and signing back in and I'm not going to do that yep that's I mean a lot of things kind of go down to that yeah the interesting thing to me a little bit about the cursor entry thing too is that it feels like a I don't know if it's quite a backpedaling on Apple's part but this idea of like it certainly feel like when they developed the iPhone 
their goal was to not have to deal with like <laughs> cursors or trackpad movement because it's a touch device. You just touch where mm-hmm. you want to put the insertion point. Easy, right? Uh, and it kind of feels like they realized that didn't work as well, and they had to sort of backpedal in the same way that like the earliest versions of the iPhone, where it's like, oh, you don't need to worry about files. Like you just open the app and like do your stuff, and then you leave the app, and you never have to worry about having like a file system or a hierarchy. And they ended up backpedaling on that one too. So is that the voice that Apple used? Yeah, you'll never have to worry about that. Was them? Okay, yeah. just checking. For nine easy payments of nineteen ninety five, I I actually think that what you're describing, is, I wouldn't call it backpedaling. Uh, and th- I'm playing the role of Moltz and defending Apple, uh, no matter what here. But <laughs> if only we're on this the, podcast. The um. Like you talked about how with the Mac, with early versions of the Mac, um, it was simpler and then it gets more complicated over time. And I think iOS took the same path. And I think that that's potentially an intentional design choice of let's get you familiar with this new paradigm. And then once you understand it, now we can start adding nuance that won't overcomplicate things for beginners, but that will be available for other people who want to avail themselves of those things over time. I think that's, I think it's more that. That may be, but I, 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 uh, maybe for the text insertion stuff, but for files, I a hundred percent disagree. I think if they could have killed the file system with iOS, they would have, but it ended up being too ingrained and too useful for some things. And it's not to say there isn't a better solution, but like you kept running up against things that were hard to do because there was no such like concept of a file on an iOS device. And eventually, I think it just got too frustrating. So when they they added like first like the iCloud Drive app, and then now they have the Files app. Um, I don't think that was a cleverly designed stratagem. I think that was an a missed opportunity for them that they eventually corrected, which is good. But like the same thing with like not being able to access files off external devices now, even though the iPad has USB C, like you can't plug in a disc and get files off it, like. Again, it feels like that is an oversight and a mistake. Yeah, I think what what makes it hard to decide Apple's intention in some of these instances is that they are pretty good at marketing their their flaws. We meant to do that. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) As intentional decisions. But this is wacky opposite day where Moltz is is joining me. (laughs) I don't don't know. I really, in that instance, I don't really know. I mean, I I actually probably agree a little bit more with Dan, but I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't say for sure if they didn't think, oh, eventually we'll add these features to the Well, I've got Phil Schiller right here to answer our question. (laughs) Who's Tim? (laughs) You're not Phil Schiller. (laughs) Get off this podcast. Got me again. Gruber says that we're not going to switch to USB-C on the iPhone. Is he right or is he wrong? <laughs> I think his, his argument is sound. I think it's a weird position for Apple to be in where the only device, you know, there's basically, I mean, I, get, I, I agree more with his things where he's saying like the low cost iPad won't switch. I don't think, I think that's probably true. And part of that mm. is just costs, like that's where that device is positioned. But if they rev that iPad a couple of years down the line, then maybe it does. I don't know. But I, I don't know. The iPhone is a weird one, though. So you think that maybe it would just... Or he thinks that maybe it would just be the Pro that keeps the... Yeah, I think he said... Or just the iPad. Piece, the iPad Pro would... I mean, well, the iPad Pro is already switched to USB-C. Right. With the 329 iPad would probably stay at Lightning. And mm-hmm. the iPhone will stay at Lightning because Apple controls it. It's smaller, more elegant. And they don't want to go through the whole connector change again and, and piss people off. And hmm. there's no reason to really, right? Like it's convenience for 
nerds like us who like having the idea of having a single point right. for everything, but most people don't care. Yeah, I don't care that much, frankly. I mean, I I just I, there's a place on our first floor where I mo- I plug most of our stuff in, and I had to now I have to have another USB C thing. Yeah. You know, it's like I had one for my from my MacBook Pro, and now that I have a, an iPad Pro with USB C, I have to have another USB C thing. Which, but it's like okay. <laughs> Here's the interesting question to me, based on that supposition on his part. Let's say that within the next year, iOS, the next version of iOS adds that ability to like plug in an external drive to your iPad Pro. Yeah. Can you now not do that on any device that does not have a USB-C port? Because that, again, feels like weird fragmentation, right? Like, or do they market that as like, oh, that's a pro feature? Um, maybe that's how they pull it off. Yeah. But like, right. it I feels can see annoying. them doing that. Yeah, I agree. But like, it, it feels annoying then because like, I'll have my iPhone and be like, oh, it'd be great if I could just plug this flash drive no, in or right <laughs> nope. sorry <laughs> yeah i don't know um and then they introduced the iphone pro <laughs> for fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> along the same line i sorry thinking about this uh speaking of the iphones for a second the the i was listening to the news last night and the national news as well as the i was listening to marketplace and they both talked about this whole thing about uh apple cutting iphone sales or uh, oh, orders yeah. and the, yeah. i mean market took a substantial hit on that yesterday yeah. which is fascinating well everything i mean to to a certain degree though everything is down <laughs> well sure but that that drove some of it like they yes. they were off a lot and because they're such a big tech stock that impacted the rest of the market as well because people are like oh you know if people aren't buying iphones like what does that mean for the market as a whole and the thing I found interesting about that story was that this usually we see those kinds of things filter through like the Chinese press because yeah, right. that's like the supply chain thing. This was a report in the journal, uh, which is a little bit in theory more substantiated. I think like they tend to have more um, uh, rigor about the kind of stuff that they're reporting. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of is interesting because the timing too, right? It comes at the same time that they decided to stop reporting unit sales. So we won't right. know. We will have no idea yeah. whether or not they kept selling more phones. True. Well, I mean, someone will come out with, someone will make up an estimate. Sure. But, they'll do projections. But that won't. Yeah, right. But we will not but have. But those will, um, I, I'm actual. fascinated. The interesting part about that is that those will be the only numbers we have, right? Like, right. And so people, I think, will start lending a lot more credence to those numbers because there aren't official numbers to argue true. the point. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's true. Yeah. And, you know. It's I, just going to be. <laughs> I mean, I, in, I, on the whole, I think I would have preferred if they had just kept reporting. <laughs> Sure. The numbers themselves. Yeah. Uh, however, I understand for themselves why they made that decision. What's interesting? I think if you stopped buying the SE phone, that they would report <laughs> on numbers more. Yeah, John Wolts <laughs> bought a thousand iPhone XS's. <laughs> I had to buy. I had to buy them all in order to. I have a stack of them here, well, so that uh, I can keep using them. And I, I think you know what comes down to me for this story is I, I think, I think there might be some truth to this because I think iPhone sales are gonna. I mean. For obvious reasons, they are going to flatten out because people don't upgrade their phones as much because the phones seem mm-hmm. to be hitting a point where they last longer. Like, I know my fiance has an iPhone 6, and I keep sort of nudging her like, oh, maybe it's time to think about upgrading. And she's like, yeah, it's fine. Right. Uh, there's not like a lot of new stuff where people are like, oh, I need to be able to do X, so I need a brand new phone. Yeah. Right. Well, obviously, I agree with that because yeah, yeah. Look at you. You're the problem. <laughs> what, what, am I in year three with this phone now? 
Probably yeah. two and a half. Yeah. Does your phone even support yeah. iMessage mold? I can't remember <laughs> if it was. Do you? <laughs> Barely supports I 2D support touch. <laughs> is your phone single touch only? You can't use more than one finger at a time? <laughs> Are you? <laughs> Nailed it. You know, just, every time you make fun of my phone, I'm just gonna say that. Every time? Every time. I think I feel like you need to do better. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like you need to do better than make fun of my phone. Alright, I the phone is so old that people consider it classically cool. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> I uh alright. We talked we opened up by talking about things uh, like whether we bought anything. I have to admit, I saw a deal on something that I was kind of on the fence about. Apparently Best Buy is selling the home pod for a hundred dollars off. And I had a moment of thinking I was in the Apple store a couple of weeks ago and I actually they had the stereo home pod set up. And I'll have to say, it sounds really damn good. <laughs> like even just standing in the huge Apple store, which you feel like is not a place where you're really gonna get the effect. Uh, like standing in between them, I was like, wow, this is, this sounds pretty nice. So I had this brief moment of like, well, if it's a hundred dollars off, should I just buy, <laughs> buy another one? And they're like, why would I have two home pods? That sounds terrible. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm feeling conflicted. Do you leave the Siri thing off on your home pod? It is currently off. Yeah. Don't get another home pod. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, you I, are not the right customer for home. I just want, I want sell the, your existing home pod. I just want the stereo. <laughs> I want the stereo sound. Sell your home pod. Why? And get a second Sonos. No, speaker. the Sonos. Sorry, I'm I'm still angry at the Sonos one, so I'm not <laughs> buying another Sonos smart speaker. Dan, I'm not listening to you because I'm just like your Sonos one. <laughs> uh, I I I feel like I'm wary about investing in more Sonos technology right now because I don't want the the I like the Sonos ones. They're cheap, but like they don't support AirPlay, so. I feel like yes, how they do no the Sonos oh, the, the the play the ones. Sonos play, play one play doesn't ones. support sorry the AirPlay. play one does not support AirPlay so I'm not sure I want to invest great naming more in that. by the way yeah. I just want to say big shout oh out God, to whoever Sonos came with all these names oh, they're God. number one <laughs> and I don't want another Sonos one because the smart speaker aspect of it is so fucking terrible <laughs> I will I do use the Sonos ones uh, echo integration all the time. And it just makes me miserable all the time. I, I'm in the same position. Like, my fiance keeps saying, move the old Echo back into the kitchen, but I'm like not willing to give up having the Sonos speaker in the kitchen. I don't, I can't put two things in there. Um, could you, oh, you don't have two speakers in there? Okay. I, oh, I don't have that. room. The, like, our kitchen is pretty small, and like the Sonos one is kind of pushing it as it is. I've been there. My kitchen, yeah. Yes. True. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. I don't know. I keep looking for deals on something that I would find interesting or want to buy, and there's like there's actually so <laughs> wait, little. Wait, 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 wait. Pause. Why are you doing that? I don't know. It's Black Friday. <laughs> it's American consumerism. It's in my blood. I, I would just like to have something to talk about on this podcast. Yeah, come on. What else are we going to fucking uh, I mean, talk about, Lex? <laughs> why? Just, why did we get into technology in the first place? To buy stuff as an excuse to buy a bunch of crap we don't need. Why do you think we celebrate Prime Day every year? <laughs> <laughs> I, I try so hard not to fall in love with stuff that i want to buy because like once you think about buying it it's all you can think about right like you're gonna buy that second <laughs> is my guess like once it gets in your head you're like the old, and i think they've i've read articles about their their actual psychological effects of play where like it's all you can think about and you're like you're gonna get that dopamine burst when you buy it and it's the anticipation to do it and you just buy like now i bought it and then comes the shame and guilt afterwards <laughs> oh 
I didn't really better my life by acquiring this thing. So I've been trying really hard not to like browse the virtual shelves of Amazon to see what other shit I could buy. So I should probably not tell you that Apple's going to have a four-day holiday shopping event. Oh, come on. Like, it'll be like 20 bucks off. Three dollars off, That's everybody. Exactly. Yeah, I don't... Uh, you can buy two HomePods for the price of 1.98 HomePods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally... I, then maybe I, I should not tell myself. I don't even know what... Know. Like, how big the deal would have to be in order for me to actually go buy something from Apple on the Black Friday thing? Because it's... it's it, it's always terrible. Yeah, it's Apple. always terrible. It's never a good deal. I'm going to buy a Microsoft Service tablet, I think. Yeah? <laughs> On Black Friday. Yeah? <laughs> yeah why not? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty I will, immune. I will fax you a list of reasons. I have to say, I haven't seen anything that I like. I'm like, oh, I got to go buy one of those. Except that stupid fucking HomePod. And I'm not even sure I'm going to do that. I probably reading, won't. Reading Jason Snell's review made me want to buy the new iPad Pro. But I'm like, my iPad Pro is working just fine. I'm not going to buy it. So that was, that was my... I was like, I'm going to stop reading this. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Definitely, do not go into an Apple store to pick one up. Then, <laughs> not gonna, not gonna. Yeah. I don't even want to feel that keyboard because my gut is that I'll hate the keyboard. But what if I'm wrong? What if I like the keyboard? So I'm not gonna try it. I'm not gonna try it. <laughs> try the keyboard. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. X. Go to the Apple store today. <laughs> God, speaking of viral marketing, <laughs> how much you get paid for this, John? <laughs> you wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a four dollar discount on a new home buy. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, I want that dopamine burst. That's what it is. I know. I totally mm-hmm. recognize it. I totally get it. And yet, yeah. And yet, well, there's that's kind of why I buy that. I bought that uh, iPad Pro because I hadn't had that dopamine for a long time. It's like, yeah, I mean, that's because I haven't bought a phone. I haven't bought a phone in two and a half years. I'm glad to know, John, that the uh, the PS4 deal was sold out then because I don't feel bad now. <laughs> oh, good. Phew. Yeah, that's a, a risk that I'm going to be a, like. You oh, dodged should, the bullet there. Well, I mean, I was almost like, oh. Yeah, that was a good deal. Maybe I should go buy one right now as we're on the show. 